Welcome to Dad Hammer Boulders and Booze, where we discuss all things Warhammer while staying hydrated with an adult beverage. I am David the War Boss, and I'm joined by the most generic space marine in the Imperium, Mr. Medicaid Steve. Steve, how are we doing? Doing good, man. Um, just another week. Gosh, school's starting. I guess summer's over. Is that what that means? I yeah, don't know. I think so. I think well, what it means for me is uh, I have to get up earlier every morning to take my kid to school versus it was kind of nice. The whole hybrid remote work that I have mm. to do now. I know you don't have that luxury, so sorry. <laughs> but okay. You know, for me, I, I work at a desk all day, so it's like I just roll out of bed. And uh, I mean, I'm an old man, so I get up at like six naturally, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but still I'll just roll out of bed and, you know, drink my coffee, take my time. And then starting tomorrow, I got to wake up, hurry up and get my coffee and then oh, I know. drive my, my son to school. So, you know, yeah. Packing okay. lunches and making sure everyone's oh. on the bus. It's, uh, uh, it's mildly depressing, but yeah. it'll be all right. It'll be okay. I wonder one of these days, you know, hopefully in a couple of years where my, my kid will be driving and then I don't have yeah. to do that. And then I'll be longing for the days, I'm sure, to take him to school. That's true. Five more minutes of having a hangout time and talk to him. Yeah, right? I know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe talk about Warhammer. Sometimes that talking about Warhammer at 630 in the morning with a teenager Ooh. doesn't really get much of a response. <laughs> no, it's, it's about like talking to a bear. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, excited about, I guess, for, for our kids to, to get back to school um, and then maybe maybe give us some free time during the day. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But we've got a great show for you. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, the big news that we're going to cover on, on this show is the latest issue of White Dwarf. I- issue number 490 of White Dwarf has dropped. And I got to say, it is <laughs> by far the best issue that I've read, and I mean, it, it's outstanding. So we're going to talk through one of the big f- new features called Bunker, the Bunker Club, uh, within the latest issue of White Dwarf. We're going to do a deep dive of the features and our impressions of each. So even if you're not a current subscriber, uh, or if you are a, a current subscriber and you haven't looked at your latest issue yet, you've got a lot to look forward to. So we'll talk about all of that. We're also going to get into the latest news around the 40K app and how the Battleforge part of that app is going behind the paywall and what that means for Games Workshop and potentially whether or not folks are going to be able to use that in the future. And then we'll round this out with our Hobby Corner coming back and returning with uh, some, uh, dare I say, miracle working paint. And, miracle uh, indeed. <laughs> we could all use some of that whenever we're painting our models. So great show. Going to get a lot of uh, news here. Going to get right into it. First of all, thank you so much for listening to our show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate, follow, and subscribe, but also just tell other people about our show. If you think it's uh, worth their time and attention, we sure do appreciate it. But you can listen, of course, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you choose to listen to your favorite podcast. You can also find us on our website, dadhammerpodcast.com. And of course, on all of our social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads now, the the new Mm -hmm. thing where we have pictures of all of our latest products and comment on the latest activity in the Warhammer community. But first, we're going to get started with the most important part of every Dad Hammer podcast, and that is, what are we drinking? 
And uh, Steve, I'll, I'll start off with you. What do you got tonight? Yeah, I'll take the Lamo drink tonight. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm just drinking a beer tonight. Uh, it's from um, Fallborg Brewery. It's in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called uh, Velvet. Yeah, Voodoo Velvet. That's what it's called. Um, it is a a dark lager, which I'd never heard of. Right? Uh, you think of darks usually stouts, um, that kind of thing. So a dark lager was something kind of intriguing. Uh, we picked it up, found it on our most recent beach trip. Um, Sounds like an oxymoron, like a dark jumbo it, shrimp, dark lager. Dark know? lager doesn't doesn't ring right, does it? It's sort of weird. But I thought, well, it can't be. It's got a really, really cool can. I should put that. I should put the can on. <laughs> a, it's a really neat can. It's uh, actually kind of Warhammery and a weird... Uh, I don't know. The art style is kind of cool, right? Yeah. On brand. Um, on brand. Absolutely. So now we picked it up when we were down there and I thought, well, I'll have it to give it a try because I like dark beers. Um, it's not like a Guinness Stout. Um, you ever had a Bass mm-hmm. Ale? Yeah it's, yeah. it's very similar to that. Um, okay. Not, not, not okay. quite so stout dark, but you know, not not light like a, your, your typical American lagers or anything like that. So yeah, good stuff, man. Interesting. Very different. You know, it's interesting that you say that you you look at the cans and uh, the artwork <laughs> on the can, and that helps you with your decisions. It's almost like back in the 80s when you'd go into Blockbuster or something, and, and you're looking for a game to rent or a movie to rent, yep. and whatever the artwork on the front is, that that's what, that's what seals the deal. If it looks cool on the front, and the screens are, of the video game are really cool on the back, um, sometimes it's a mixed bag with that. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's like, uh, the old, uh, heavy metal album covers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the music could be trash, but man, the cover was cool. Heck yeah. So, uh, very interesting choice. And I, I do that a lot. If it has a really <laughs> cool art style or unique name, I'll, I'll go for it. So yeah. What are you drinking, my friend? Yeah. So I've, I've gotten a little experimental and, uh, I'll say I've had, some mixed results, but I'm, I'm definitely going to tweak the recipe some. Okay. So what I, I, I picked up at the liquor store lately is a s'mores Irish cream. So a Bailey's s'mores Irish cream. And, you know, I thought, well, that's that's summery, right? Campfire <laughs> s'mores. It's getting and there. So, so I picked that up and started mixing things. And I found out that there is actually a, a, a cocktail recipe and I modified it a little bit. So this is a, a s'mores cocktail. And uh, everybody's heard of uh, Prospero, right? Prospero yes. Burns. Well, yep. taking with the toasted marshmallow thing, I thought this would go with Marshboro Burns. Isn't that <laughs> clever? This is like just, a dad joke. <laughs> I just thought of a bunch of uh, marsh, no, marshmallow, really, marshmallow really thousands, <laughs> thousands. <of us>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's pretty. It's pretty. Ooh, I'll go even one more dad joke. I'd say it's pretty campy. Right oh. with the marshmallow. Okay. All right. I'll stop. I'll stop. So this is uh, two ounces of Bailey's s'mores Irish cream, one ounce of vodka, a little bit of chocolate syrup. I say a very little bit of chocolate syrup. You put too much in there, it turns into a milkshake. <laughs> I know this from experience. <laughs> but two ounces of Irish cream, one ounce of vodka, a little bit of chocolate syrup, or you can put it around the the inside of the glass if you want to get okay. real fancy. You shake with ice to strain uh, into another glass. And then, you know, I put a little crumbled graham cracker, just a little bit. You put too much in there, it turns into like Captain Crunch 
you know, enough. at the yeah. bottom of the bowl. <laughs> so you don't want to do that. Just a, just a tad, just to give it some flavor. And dusting. then, yeah, a dusting. Very good. And then if you want to really top it off is that you do a skewer of toasted marshmallows. Or if you do like I did, you just take one of your little lighters on the, you know, the yeah. lighters for a fire, little triggered lighters Absolutely. and toast your marshmallows up that way. So, um, it's okay. I would say if you like Irish cream, if you just like the Bailey's flavor, you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a better bartender would make this taste really good. But you know, for, for me, this is a, this is a decent enough drink that I think could be made better. And I'm going to be working on it, but it it feels summery. It tastes summery. Okay. So I'll call I'll call this a win. Marshborough burns. <laughs> Marshborough burns. I did uh, make that vodka that I infused with uh, cocoa and coffee mm-hmm. and uh, some other like vanilla wood. Um, I, I'll have to bring it by one time. You need to try just a little bit of yeah. it. Yeah, uh, it would work perfect in this. Okay, because um, uh, it adds a. a, a interesting chocolate flavor to vodka mm-hmm. it's weird but it's right. tasty well maybe i'll modify the recipe in the future yeah. and mm-hmm. uh I'll, I'll call that one uh marshborough <laughs> marshborough returns, right? returns. <laughs> like the phoenix from the ashes <laughs> marshborough returns with Magnus different vodka. nothing wrong <laughs> well i'm uh i'm gonna power through this one it's it's okay but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep drinking it because you know it's still all right so anyway Cheers and bottoms up, Steve. Huzzah. Well, let's get into some news. And boy, we've got uh, mm-hmm. a big segment here on the latest issue of White Dwarf. And I got to say, as as someone, I'll, I'll just start off with just the cover of, of these White Dwarf issues. You know, we're both the subscribers. We're not just yeah. going around to the the local game store and and picking it up um you know all the game stores have them and it's great to go just kind of hit the hit the game store pick up the latest issue and that's awesome but you know for for being a subscriber and paying for the yearly subscription they do have this kind of custom nice cover yep. to the magazine without all the extra squares and text and everything and you really get this the, the image and the glossy logo of the white dwarf it it is kind of nice just an extra little bonus the one thing i got to say though too is that i look at this and i say okay i didn't pay anything really extra for this other than to say i'm going to subscribe yeah and uh i would consider this a limited edition maybe even a collector's edition version of the magazine fair enough and then you go look at the codex right that you pay Mm -hmm. 30 bucks extra for and it's basically the exact same treatment the only difference is that it's, you know, it's got a hard cover versus the the magazine cover. Yeah. I don't know. I just I just don't think the codex is necessarily worth the 30 bucks for the collector's edition, but you know, it is and what you it know, is. Add a little further to that too. Uh I mean, this is getting a little bit little bit picky, but the pages themselves are of a certain sheen or matte or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Like I could read it at any angle. Yeah. It's really annoying to read a magazine and you have to hold it at just the right angle because the, because <laughs> it, yeah. it reflects light. And I know that's goofy, but it really, I don't know. I don't know, man. It just adds to the marketing for me. Yeah. Agreed. Good job. Agreed. Yeah. 
that, I mean, I, I feel like this magazine is made for people that actually want to read it uh, yes. instead of just advertise. I mean, there's, mm. there's no, I mean, there's no ads in here. I mean, uh, other than games workshop being a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a company that wants to sell you more stuff. So take that for what it's worth, but there That's are right. no ads. There's no ads for, we talked about this in previous podcasts. There's no ads for hostess fruit pies or, you know, the latest <laughs> video game or anything That's like right. that. Um, but you know, it's, it's just all content. So anyway, I, I want to get into the big feature for issue 490. There's tons of content here in this, this issue, but the main deal, the, the big one that's coming out is called the white dwarf bunker. And if you haven't heard of this, they announced it on the Warhammer community site. So you can go check that link out, but it is a, essentially what they call the world's biggest and best Warhammer club. So I would, I would maybe caveat that to say it's not necessarily the biggest or best Warhammer club per mm-hmm. se. It, it is the biggest and best framework to build a club. Yes. Man, uh, it, it is packed with content and we're going to get to each and every little bit of it, but I'm going to hit just a couple of highlights here. So first of all, when you open the, the, the package for the magazine, you are greeted with some a uh, little printout, some extra bonus sheets. And and I've got them right here with me, mm-hmm. but they're like this, you know, nice premium card stock, uh, all color printing. And they've done this before. And typically you just rip it out of the magazine. These are, these come as individual sheets in the package. And man, I, and maybe I'm just easily <laughs> pleased. Maybe I'm just, I'm just kind of a sap that just say, Ooh, toys, you know, and I get excited no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I'll tell you what, I mean, the, the, uh, the quick start guide here that we talked yeah. about, we've talked about so much, it's on this nice card stock. It's, it's printed out in all color. We Double-sided. use this all the time. Double-sided. I mean, I don't know, Steve. I mean, I, what was your favorite well, thing just with these extra sheets that come with it? So I giggled a little bit when it just fell out and, uh, <laughs> Because I, I truly, I, I, I heard that this was going to be included in this issue. And yeah. I, I fully expected it to be one of the tear outs, which is generally a little less quality than this. Yeah, a little janky. Uh, maybe, but not much. Uh, when it fell out and it was its own thing, I was like, oh, now we got something. Yeah. And um, it's just, I don't know. It, it was just a really nice, honestly... It, this it, it's nice enough. It feels like it, it should have been included in a box set. Frankly, mm. like you know, this, this should have come. That. This should have come in the Leviathan box without yeah. without a doubt. And the other the they had the other one that had the little punch out piece that mm-hmm. gave you the uh, what the six or so stratagems that everyone gets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, about the size of an index card that works pretty perfect. Yeah, just oh, a bunch man. of ref, reference material that's on premium content, and yes, yeah. you can you can you know take this stuff and 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 print it off on a really nice printer. It's nothing revolutionary. And, that's right. But um, for someone, I think you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth, where we're both a little lazy with this stuff. And <laughs> I don't. I, I've got a I've got a color printer. I've got a black and white printer, laser printer. Mm-hmm. But this has got the card stock and the printing quality is really high. And I'm already a subscriber to White Dwarf. And, you know, this just falls out like a little extra present. 
And uh, I, man, I, I really like this. This was a nice surprise. I think what they call this is the bunker pack. So yeah, yeah. you you get the the quick start guide. You get a little page with a bunch of uh, punch out things. One has got a um, a double sided, as, as you mentioned, a double sided little note card looking thing with all of these stratagems on it, which is nice. You can put on the table. It's also got uh, two of the missions and then we'll talk about those in a second for the for the bunker one for age of sigmar and one for 40k which is really cool and then um it's also got these little cards that have uh paint recipes that you could put on one to kind of keep track of something that's all right and then it's got the little place where you can track your achievements and progress for the hobby so Mm -hmm. nice little bonus I, i thought this was more not it's no it's not required but an icing on the cake type of thing yeah, people. I've hit this point in my life where stuff like this makes me feel a little better about buying something like this subscription, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I agree. And the the whole issue uh, was just put together really well, I thought. So that that was the first piece was the bunker pack was mm-hmm. the, the first thing, the course that, that fell out that made made Steve giggle. <laughs> um, and then the, the second part of the magazine is uh, what's called Challenges. And the challenges are really more about an achievement system. So even if you're you're not uh, necessarily super competitive or anything like that, this gives you a a way to mark off some achievements for your hobby. So if you're trying to make sure that you paint a new army or you or you get a certain part of the army done, or um, you know you, you've got a different list that you want to build and things like that. These just give you challenges for for painting primarily, um, which is really cool. Just a way to track all of that and gives you some points and things to track. Um, but yeah, the the next thing, and this is something, the next feature I really want to spend a lot of time on, and something that I, we've been asking for for a while, and um, it's called the well, it's in this particular issue, it's called the Combat Patrol League. Yeah. So. They're going to have these in every single edition of White Dwarf for Bunker where they give you this framework, this combat patrol league in this particular issue. It gives you scoreboards for ranking everything, for uh, the number of games that you play, the number of games that you win, the if you paint a, if you have a fully painted army, if you have unique op- opponents that you're facing, you get points. And the whole purpose of all of this is you know we're already playing games with friends we've got a, a fairly mm-hmm. substantial size group at this point and you know maybe you're going into a, a friendly local game store uh, shout out to blackthorn game center our yep. local game store. but if you're going into there and you're and you're playing potentially random players new players players that just started players that have been playing for a long time veterans of the game this just gives you this framework and you can literally walk into a game store and tell the store owner about it if they're not already aware and say, hey, this is what I would like to do. Would, would yeah. you mind keeping track or, or posting this little poster up in the, in the back so that when my friends and I come into play, we can keep score and tally. And, you know, there's not some gigantic prize at the end of it, but it really just is a, a recipe to allow you to keep track and keep score of all the games that you're already playing. So, mm-hmm. Steve, I don't know about you, but I, one of the I'm a huge numbers nerd. So, <laughs> looking at this very first section where it talks about keeping score is something, and you know, having a different place for your friends on how many things mm-hmm. that they did. 
really blew me away. But um, I know it's very simple. But what were your thoughts on this Combat Patrol League? Uh, I think that's brilliant that they started with Combat Patrol Um, because, you know, they're really marketing the Combat Patrol as the beginner way of getting into 40K. Yeah. And the more I read about it, the more I look at it, the more I buy into that um, belief for sure. Um, I like this, the Combat Patrol uh, League honorable titles. I mean, how fun is that? You know, Uh, you get to kind of, I don't know, you know, master artisan or campaign veteran. And it all depends on, you know, kind of little accomplishments that you, that you uh, achieve or whatever. Yeah. And, and not necessarily about winning either. Even if you're, no, no, absolutely. Even if you're not trying to win, you can, the, the best master artisan, for example, it's almost like badges or, or Mm -hmm. achievement trophies where you get a little something for being awesome at, at painting. Do you have the best painted army in your, I know I don't, you know, so, uh, (laughs) someone who, who has the best painted army as voted by the players in the league. That's just something really cool that you have a little, a little badging system to go along with it. Yeah. I think it's a nice touch and it's motivating, right? I mean, whether you do it with your friends or you, like you were saying, go to a store and, and you're kind of volunteering and helping to get this stuff together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's neat. I think people would be motivated. Um, it sure would help a store sell combat patrol boxes too. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> uh, no, no lie. I mean, at some point I will eventually run out of stuff to paint. It won't be this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, stuff like this would make me, I would strongly consider looking at a combat patrol of an army that I don't want to collect, you know, a complete army of necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it'd be fun to play one, you know. Uh, maybe you want to try out like Gene Steeler cults just for fun, you know, just have a fun army, something different. And, uh, everybody, you know, you know, get together and you play some combat patrol for a good time. You know, I don't know. Yeah. This, this, this gets your imagination running pretty well. Yeah. And I, I like also on the scoring system, it's not just whether you, if, if you've won or how many games you played or all this other stuff, they have two extra columns at the end, which I think are great. You, you get points for, uh, or rather you, you count up over the course of the games that you're playing over three mm-hmm. months. I think that's the, the, the length of time for this particular league session, if you will. Um, you get points for warlords slain and units <laughs> slain. Yes. So uh, I'm thinking as an orcs player, right. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of units slain <laughs> when, when someone's coming True. after me and I've got True 120 story. models on the board and, they're just wiping guys out left and right. Um, so if you're a horde army, and I think what's also cool is that even if you you don't feel like that you're a great player by any means, you know you're still learning the game, you can still come out there and rack up points and feel mm-hmm. accomplished. And there's just something to be said for feeling bringing a, a big gun uh, or a powerful unit and taking out someone's horde troops. It just feels good. It's like you know, eating oh, yeah. popcorn. It sure does, man. You're yep. you're correct. So the the honorable titles are really cool for the badges. Um, the the next thing that they're adding in here is the the missions of the month. So this combat patrol league, mm-hmm. as I stated, will run for for the next three months, and the goal would be to get your friends together, play a bunch of games, and just track how many games you've won, how many you've played, how many warlords you've slain, <laughs> things like that. And over time, and you and you build all these points up. 
but the really cool thing is that included in this issue and part of the the things that that fell out of the the magazine are the missions. So every single white dwarf issue is going to come with a selected mission of the month, if you will. And that's for 40k. That's for Age of Sigmar. I think they're they're also going to include some the the skirmish games, but and we'll talk about those in a second. Um, but the two that came this month were the Shield and Blade for 40k, which is essentially um, your your standard fare of of mission with the you're defending a, a shield generator. Mm-hmm. And there's not a there's not a ton of of difference. I think that's the only thing to me a downside of 40k. A lot of times the missions are are a little plain. They don't really have a lot of meat to them. It's just they're pretty you know, generic. Here, here are the objectives, and mm-hmm. you know, go get them. Uh, and they might throw in some some narrative, but it's the same thing just about for every mission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then they also have, but and I want to spend a little bit more time on this. <laughs> I know we're we primarily talk about forty k, but the Age of Sigmar mission. I started reading through this, okay, and I'm just thinking the whole time. Ugh, this is this is why people love Age of Sigmar. This is why I got into Age of Sigmar with the Skaven initially, mm-hmm. because the mission. This one's called the Gates of uh, Azir, and right off the gate, right out of the gate, no pun intended, <laughs> you're battling around a realm gate in the middle yeah. of the board, and so you're trying to, I guess, somewhat defend it or, or attack it, depending. But the whole notion of the the Stormcast Eternals, it's really supposed to be Stormcast Eternals versus uh, another army. And this takes place when, you know, the the Stormcast Eternals were trying to kind of defend uh, uh, the, the Realm Gate. And, you know, this whole contrast back and forth between the two. But the really awesome part of this, in my opinion, is that they add some extra flavor to this mission. And one of those is to roll for reinforcements or a call from Azir. Yeah. And in the middle of the game, essentially, you get to if you roll for this, you call for reinforcements after the um after one of the phases and you can deploy your armies within six inches from an objective. Mm. So it, it just adds a little a little narrative, a little punch to the mm-hmm. mission. And I just I wish 40K would do this. Um but just the the and the picture they have in this up in this issue yeah, of the realm gate in really the middle cool. looks so cool i don't know steve mm. what what were your thoughts on this one um it makes me <laughs> it makes me realize i really need to paint my aos army yeah get the slaves <laughs> to darkness done my man because we really need to do some of these games i i like it reminds me um you know that kill team game that you and i played uh, I think you were playing the commandos mm-hmm. and we had that basically essentially a huge piece of terrain in the middle, right? It was like a fort and yeah. you had woefully fewer units on the board than I did. Uh, but part of the whole scenario was, was you got to call in reinforcements, mm-hmm. um, you know, like turn two or turn three or whatever. So I think this is pretty neat because, I think anytime you're you have to have your defenders clustered like this, you know, you're kind of clustered around a, a central point that you know is getting attacked. Um, I think you're already at a little bit of a disadvantage, um, except it simplifies the problem because you know you're surrounded. So I guess it doesn't matter. Right. But this this idea of calling in 
uh, you know, reinforcements later, especially with, uh, you know, like you said, the Stormcast. That is that is lore specific. That mm-hmm. is, uh, and I think that's really, really neat to add a a specific mission like they've done here, so that if you are a Stormcast player, you get something something out of this right this is this is nice this is fun you could play anybody against anybody i guess you could really uh, tailor this to any faction right uh, yeah i mean maybe, they're they're but, trying to specifically say for it's a, a blades of corn army mm-hmm. but if if you don't have it and even then it, it, let, let's just say you you picked a different you know it had stormcast which which i do i'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to finish that up um but let's say i had the stormcast and you were bringing in let's say slaves of darkness right mm-hmm. and you're you would be the defender in this particular mission and one of the the extra little narrative pieces they have on there is called bloodthirsty hordes and so as the defender which you would be you know i'm trying to as the stormcast eternals i'm trying to open the realm gate and you are trying to defend it so as yeah. the defender you can set up any of your units that are not unique and which have been destroyed earlier in battle so you essentially resurrect destroyed units these units must be set up wholly within six inches of the uh, battlefield edge and more than nine inches away from enemy units. But you can do that at the end of my movement phase. Oh, that's great. So you're just continuing to bring reinforcements yeah. over and over and over again, which I, I just think is so cool. Yeah, that is neat. Uh, and it, it, it's very encouraging uh, about what uh, may come in the future. Yeah, uh, issues as well. You know that that's uh, yeah, that's something to look forward to for sure. Yeah, I mean, and they offer missions already. They and other mm-hmm. white dwarf mm-hmm. issues. So this is nothing new per se. But what I and I mentioned this earlier on that this is a a really good framework, and yes, that that's what the focus of this is. So, um, you know, not not just forty k and Age of Sigmar though. They're also bringing in some skirmish content, and they, they oh, had yeah. mentioned that in the article. And the one for this issue is from Warcry called The Test of Champions. And, boy, I, I mean, I'm looking over this content. I have yet to play <laughs> Warcry. It's one of those things where I'm kind of looking over your shoulder and like, oh, mm-hmm. man, that, that mm-hmm. stuff looks really awesome. Mm-hmm. So I know you're a Warcry fan. What, what were your thoughts of The Test of Champions mission here in this uh, White Dwarf issue? Uh, we've got to get this Warcraft stuff on the table, man. I know, I know. Uh, so the the it, it's a whole different setup. Uh, you have the way you you sort of play the game, right? You you have uh, battle plan cards, you have terrain cards, and you have deployment cards, and then you have a fourth one called a, a twist. Um, this test of champions gets rid of the twist. Which uh, you know, it, it's cool. It's kind of like that uh, Tempest. Is it Tempest of Fate? Is that is mm-hmm. that the, the mm-hmm. deck that was a ninth? So it's something similar like that. It, it throws a little wild card out there and changes the whole landscape or something, right? But this, uh, it, the whole card system was meant for a very balanced and match play. Uh, but <laughs> I, I read through these these different missions, and you roll so you could randomly get them. I I would assume that you could you know, play them however you wanted to. If you didn't want to randomly pick a battle plan, you can pick your own. Um, one was the cursed prize. And I kind of broke it down. And for, for my simple mind, it's uh, a brutal game of hot potato. Uh, <laughs> so it, you have this, um, a treasure token 
on a platform on the battlefield floor. Uh, it, it it's it's a cur- it, it deals out cursed damage, right? So as long as you're holding it, so if you have a fighter that's carrying the the treasure, uh, they can allocate a number of damage points to that fighter equal to half their remaining wounds rounding down. So you, I don't really know how to describe it eloquently, but as long as you you carry this thing, but you're taking damage, everyone around you is taking damage. Uh, you can, you could curse your opponents. Uh, so you have to not only survive your opponents attacking you, you have to survive this, this piece of treasure. Mm. Um, and the whole thing goes for four, four battle rounds, and when the battle when the battle ends, the player whose fighter is carrying the treasure wins. So, um, it's got some little interesting caveats. So let's see. There is the life leech curse, which you pick a visible Im- in- enemy fighter within eight inches of this fighter. This fighter deals curse damage to that fighter. Then remove a number of damage points allocated to this fighter equal to. Uh, half the number allocated to that enemy fighter by this ability rounding down. Um, that had to look, you know, we'd have to kind of math that out in specifics. Um, it's a, <laughs> at the beginning of each battle round, the treasure token deals curse damage to each fighter within three inches. So <laughs> essentially, even if your allies, like your teammates, are within three inches of your player that's carrying the treasure, they get damage as well. Wow. So yeah, it's kind of fun. That looks really cool. You know, and, and I was just gonna say, I I think that what I've noticed about about Warcry and uh, especially and Kill Team as well, what they've been able to do is the the scenarios that they have are they always have a lot of twists to them. You mm-hmm. know, this the brutal game of hot potato. I think is a is a perfect example of that because it there are so many little nuances and and options and things that that change the game mid game and it's not just I, I think it would be um fairly boring if if all it was was just age of sigmar models on a table mm-hmm. doing skirmish and that's it and sometimes kill team was was a little like that but they managed yeah. to put some scenarios in there and i don't know what it is about the the age of sigmar crew whether it's warcry or, or the the larger game um I just think they do a really good job of bringing these scenarios in. And I think that this, this particular mission itself, and I know there's, there's a couple of other battle plans that go along mm-hmm. with it. Um, but this particular mission is it, just, it, it, it's doing its job. And I said there were no ads in, in White Dwarf. But <laughs> That's right. it's doing a job of making me think, well, why, why don't I play Warcry? Mm. And you know, we, we definitely need to, to put this, uh, to get this on the table. And I, you know, I, for one, uh, am, I'm really glad that they're including the skirmish games in, in the white dwarf bunker, because there's, there's just a lot of great content in here, but this really mm-hmm. is going to appeal to, to everyone. So excited to, to see more from the, from the skirmish and, and war cry side. Yeah, me too, man. So we're going to, um, skip over to the very last couple of sections here and there's just there's tons of content in this white white dwarf but one of the ones that i i wanted to mention was this section called basic training and you know steve you and i both have a lot of respect for steven box with vanguard Mm -hmm. tactics and kind of what he's trying to do 
there's a lot of good stuff in here with this looking at the training, but the, the whole um, notion around this section is to give you game tactics and tips for, and scenarios and for, for modifying your game, thinking about new rules of 10th edition and how to potentially take advantage of certain situations. And Steve, were there any particular moments within basic training that stuck out to you? Um, there was, there was one for me, I'll, I'll start it off. There's one for me yeah. that I really liked, which was around objective holding and everybody knows how to capture the objective mm-hmm. in 10th edition. You get close. There it is. Objective control. But the one little tip that he put in here, which I thought was really cool because the objectives are now physical objectives. That's right. You are the, the, the tip, the part of the basic training was to leverage that physical objective is almost like a, a, a post between you and your opponent. Mm-hmm. And if you have somebody that you don't want to get charged or into melee combat, you're physically on the other side of that mm-hmm. objective and using it almost as like a, like a screen, you know, which that, that's an example. I think just something that is not necessarily in the core rules or maybe right. even something that you'd see on a video, but just a real quick thing. And I saw, Oh man, I haven't thought about that. So yeah, really I neat. Whether, were, were there any other things in, in this one that stuck out to you? Well, you know, I have a lot of terminators, so obviously the rapid ingress stratagem and getting to use that for free. <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Cause it makes me second guess about using the innate deep strike ability of the terminators. Right. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I could if, say if I got the, the, the initiative where I, I, I got to go first. Okay. Traditionally I would have taken, I would have done all my movement at the end of my movement phase. I would have put my Terminator somewhere on the board of my choosing in a deep strike. And I would have, I would do it in the first round because I mean, that's just kind of what you want to do right now with this. And the fact that you can use it for free, I'm, I'm very, very much more inclined to potentially hold them back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wait till my opponent's turn and then put them in at the end of their movement phase. And I think this addition of being able to do stuff in your opponent's different phases is just fantastic. Um, so that one's very interesting to me. Uh, and, and it's going to change. It's going to change. It's scary, it's scary. right? Yeah. Well, and you, you can put them in. I mean, the example that he gave was brilliant and I hadn't really even put any stock into this. Um, Say like I hold mine back, I go first, or you go first, either one, uh, and you deep strike your terminators into my backfield, right? Put them on a put them on a legal objective that's you know all the what nine inches away from any of my players. Mm-hmm. Well, then instead of having to wait all the way to my next turn after you shoot the place up. Uh, I can go ahead and deep strike my terminators in and go ahead and start the, start the event, you know, uh, make, make your move not worth doing or, uh, you know, just gives me just a little bit of extra added security, I should say. Yeah. So I can protect my backfield better, uh, if need be. I think it, it adds some 
some flexibility, you know, because a lot of times you would deploy. And then uh, I, I felt this way in eighth edition for sure and somewhat in ninth. But, you know, if you didn't deploy right, if you, right. It, we, I was forever deploying poorly. And I'd put, <laughs> oh man, I, fr- I I put too many units behind this building and I left this, you know, my warlord out in the open or, or something yeah. like that. I was forever deploying poorly. 10th edition has, has gotten a lot of, a lot better with that, with declaring strategic reserves and you can do those for free now just up to a certain number of points but this with this deep strike stuff and then building in some terminators are already scary and they got scarier this edition yeah i I mean they put them on the front of the box for a reason um (laughs) and now with this extra ability i i liked that you know as part of the the basic training piece here it said that you can use it as a to counter deep strike so if another unit is, is doing a deep strike you can actually counter that with the the rapid ingress stratagem so for for zero cp on the terminator so i Mm -hmm. i just think that again just to wrap up this this segment here for for the basic training stuff like this is something we had been asking for of Mm -hmm. give me somebody that that plays the game all the time and yes of course you can find the stuff on the internet but i love that it's right here in print in front of me and with the really cool artwork and i can read through it uh, as i want to and then maybe even take some notes, honestly, which is really, yeah. really cool. And I like the addition, the little, little tidbit. It, it's not just uh, necessarily Terminators. I think the Lictors. Yeah, Lictors. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming there are other armies that, that could possibly benefit yep. from this as well. So I think that's really neat. Yeah, really, really cool segment. And then the the one last thing that I wanted to to bring up as far as the bunker is is something that I, they've had in other issues, but they've officially dubbed it Hobby Hangout mm-hmm. in the the bunker. Where just this particular issue speaks to me because it tells you how to paint the Tyranid Termagants step by step, which is what I'm going to be doing. I've base coated mm-hmm. all of my my uh, <laughs> Tyranids, and they're sitting there staring at me, so I'm going to have to paint them soon. But just giving you some tips and tricks on how to paint. And they even make some really cool bases, which oh, yeah, uh, I like the bases. they had one that was a, a jungle base to make it look like bamboo mm-hmm. tubes that were, they say cut down cotton buds, which I, yeah. I guess are like Q-tips. Q-tips. That, that would, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure I use the right terminology, <laughs> but I mean, you know, they, of course they paint them up really well, but still oh, yeah. that's a, a cool little hobby hack um, that, uh, that they've added in this, in this issue. So anyway, Man, I- um, I like the hobby yeah. hack itself, you know, chop up the sprue pieces yeah, and make rocks and rubble. I thought that was brilliant. I mean, I've seen that before, you know, it's, it's not necessarily like new, but that's, that's the kind of stuff that's really neat, man. I like yeah. that. It, it makes you feel like you're getting a value out of, mm-hmm. out of the issue. Um, so overall there's, there's tons more content that we could spend just another hour covering, but Really, really impressed with this issue, with the bunker alone, and uh, continue to be a satisfied customer of White Dwarf. I know you are as well, Indeed. and highly recommend it for anyone else that that wants to supplement their Warhammer hobby with some extra reading. So, really cool. All right, let's move on to our next segment and spend a few minutes discussing the Warhammer 40k app. They we, we talked about this on our recent episode of Bolters and Booze, where we thought that the improvements that they had made to the 40K app were really, really good. It's much faster, easier to search, find new rules, things like that. 
one of the features that was in the previous version of the app and this one as well is the battle forge or the ability to create your own lists and your own armies. The difference in this version uh, versus the last version of the app is that a lot of times if you didn't unlock the codex for specific armies, if you didn't use that code in the back of the codex to unlock the army, you could build the list, but it wouldn't have the abilities. They would have a little padlock next to them on the previous version of the app. And this one, since the data sheets and the rules are free, it's all right there. However, they announced, I believe it was last Friday, that the Battleforge feature is moving behind the paywall, uh, I would assume, of Warhammer Plus. So That's what I understood, yeah. If you don't have Warhammer Plus, you will not be able to use Battleforge or to use it to build armies. And Steve, I, I'm interested in your opinion Obviously, there is a reason for them doing yeah. this. They they want to entice people to buy it. But um, if you weren't a Warhammer Plus subscriber, is is the Battleforge feature alone enough to convince you to use it with Warhammer Plus? No, I don't think I will. I mean, it's it's not a horribly expensive uh, you know subscription necessarily. I don't know. I don't, I think we talked about it before. I, I don't know if it's good enough to pay for. Yeah. Yet. Um, this doesn't bother me because I'm I'm not gonna I have no intention of dropping the subscription right now. Right. So Same. you know, assuming that's where it's at, if you you know if what you're asking, would I just go straight out and do the subscription to pay for this app? I don't think so. I, th- I think there's too many other ways around it. Um, but they're gonna have to do more. I think they're gonna have to build in. You more features into the app they're going to have to make it like um something that is a true game table companion that you just you cannot leave without it or even better yet you could just take it with you to a a warhammer store if you're going to go play Mm -hmm. a game and just you know pull the app out and it's got everything that you need even if you left all your books and you didn't print everything out it's it's all right there all right you know I, i understand why they're moving the, yeah. the about they have to move a feature behind the the paywall to get people to to use it I guess but I wonder if this is going to discourage others from you know if you just can download the app for free and build all these lists and then hey I'm gonna go to the Warhammer store I'm gonna build a list mm-hmm. real quick and I'm gonna pick up a combat patrol and now that that's behind the paywall I mean is that is that just one more barrier and you're not gonna potentially purchase another product. Yeah, I think that the uh, it's going to hit people in the feels, and they're just not gonna gonna like that very much. <laughs> and you know, just to, you will take it kind of personal, you know. And I, I get it. Uh, I mean, you already pay a lot for this stuff. Do you, I mean list building and uh, a method of list building and some sort of outlet to do it? In in at at the deepest part of it for me, uh, you shouldn't have to pay more for something that's I don't know essential to the game. Yeah, I mean you need to be able to build a list, and oh, man, because uh, this otherwise this forces you to go look for free things or literally hope that you can type seventy plus words a minute and make a word document for yourself. Well, I, mean, I don't know. There's- there's plenty of other options out there. That's, there are, that's the problem. Assuming there weren't, you know, assuming there weren't other options out there, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have to do it the old pen and pencil way, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, 
I don't know. It's sort of a bad feeling that it's that it's wholly behind a paywall now. Yeah, I, I think what would have been, you know, and they're they're doing this to to make to get more Warhammer Plus mm-hmm. subscriptions. I mean, everything as a service is is where the income is nowadays. So right. I I completely understand, and I even agree with them moving the the feature of the the whole app even behind the Warhammer Plus paywall. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I understand that. That the problem for them though is that they haven't really offered any additional compelling gimmicks or features of any kind on the app mm-hmm. to make me think, well, I can't live without that. Right. You know, because yep. now, I mean, I, I can build a list anywhere. I can build it online. Mm-hmm. I can build it with, I mean, Battlescribe is back. We, we mentioned several other uh, alternatives that you can build lists with. You could do it with, with pencil and paper. But, you know, I, I always compare this to the D&D Beyond website where yeah. uh, you can go and build a character for free where you where they get you is if you want to build a custom character so right. if you have a for, for example if you if you have a you build a fighter and then you want to build a swashbuckler right mm-hmm. that's a oh well that's a special class that if you want that and you want it built into the app which does offer convenience you need to pay for the digital version of the player's handbook so okay, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But I can still use the the core experience to make my my character. And I just would need the the digital version to have that the the extra flavor to that character built into the app. And so I think a, a better way to do this would be to leave. It's almost like the the old version. Yeah. You know, they should yeah, they yeah, should yeah. go back to the old version, allow you to build all the lists that you want. And then lock some of those abilities behind Warhammer Plus. That's so, because right. previous ones they they locked it behind the Codex code, which was just a pain in the butt. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you wanted to see anything, you got to go buy the Codex for whatever fifty bucks or whatever it was. I mean, to me, they should do the same thing. So, in order to make their money, they would lock all of that behind Warhammer Plus. So then, as soon as you get that Warhammer Plus subscription you get all the abilities. To me, that yeah. would be a better way to do it. And you could, that would be something that would still entice people to build a list, to go in and buy more models, and then use the Warhammer Plus subscription on top of it. And it's weird because everything is free online. The core rules are free online. Right. The the basic index cards, all that's free online. I know stuff is coming and, and, and everything else that's going to be paid for. But right now, the core stuff is, is free. But... You can use it, uh, but I don't know, man. It's We're in this like, well, what does this get me point in our culture? And everybody is. Every every dime you spend, you're like, what does this get me extra? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not providing that as a, as a service provider or a company, you might be missing the boat a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, it's all about the bonus feature, mm-hmm. I, I feel like. We're, we live in an age where... The, what, what's expected is the ability to use an app, build a list, all that kind of stuff. And I need to know what the hook is to right. entice me to buy. And I don't think that just removing the Battleforge completely and putting it behind a paywall is enough to entice people. But, you know, uh, I'm not in charge of these things for a reason. That's so right. So we'll, we'll yeah. see how this shakes out. Uh, I know that I'm, I'm a happy Warhammer Plus subscriber, mm-hmm. not just for the app, but for all the other stuff. So I'll continue to use it and and we'll see how this goes down in the future. Yeah, absolutely.
let's wrap with our very last segment. And we haven't really done this in a while, mm-hmm. but we've been so busy with all the, the 40K news and 10th edition coming out that we haven't gotten back to our hobby corner. So I'm, I'm excited to get back into this because there's been a lot of hobby around, especially after <laughs> all right. the models we have. <laughs> and Steve, you've got your, your miracle paint that I am very interested to hear about. You know, I, I, I've seen this forever. It's not like this isn't new. Uh, so it's not like I found some revolutionary product, but it is AK Interactive Streaking Grime. Uh, that's I, I finally broke down. I was like, you know what? I've seen so many people uh, on YouTube use this. And it it's just like, I, is it as good as they advertise? So I bought a bottle of it off of Amazon. It's not expensive. It's actually a pretty good bit i think it's about 12 bucks but it's it's around 30 out or 30 uh mls or so so it's you know a couple pots or so of um gw paint so it'll, mm-hmm. it'll go away a uh, ways uh the caveat is it is it is an enamel so it, it's not water-based it does require mineral spirits to thin it and clean it etc but man oh man it is talent in a bottle, uh, especially if you're looking at the whole grimdark style of painting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get in there, because, you know, the, the problem with acrylic washes are is that no matter what, they dry fast and they stain whatever surface you're painting. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this uh, streaking grime uses what you would, I guess, the, the smart people call a reductive technique. So you literally take this stuff and you slop it all over your model, uh, which is frightening, by the way, uh, <laughs> because you're like, oh, this is not going to look ruined. Good at all. It, yeah, no, it's done. Uh, and it looks horrible. Uh, it looks like you, you know, stuck it in a, a bottle of motor oil and you're just not, pulled it out. You're not selling me. Uh, well, Steve. I know, man. I know. I know. But bear with me. Trust the process. Okay. okay. Um, so then you let it dry for 10 or 15 minutes and it dries pretty fast, but it's, it's not like a real hard fixed dry, right? It's not completely cure. Uh, you can use uh, Q-tips or whatever. I, I have a bunch of the, I've bought them in the past for other reasons in, in hobby and stuff, but those makeup sponges and stuff, cause they're mm-hmm. real disposable. They're super cheap and they mm-hmm. don't leave lint or anything so i started using those and you just start kind of buffing um you need some odorless mineral spirits and you don't need to dunk your sponge or anything like it just put a little bit on there and what it does it starts slowly pulling all that off and you can control how much is left um so you get it down it stays in the crevices it stays in the deep spots and it doesn't really totally stain uh your paint job underneath Um, so so what's the difference between doing doing this and uh doing say like if you were to put the you know a a contrast painter Mm -hmm. or a shade or something all over the model and then coming back with a dry brush is there what what would be the benefit of using streaking grime instead um because you could remove this product completely uh without removing your base coat so it doesn't affect your acrylic paint underneath. Now I will say I did for safety's sake, 
I did uh, varnish mine with uh, like a satin varnish uh, through my airbrush. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Uh, I have tried it on other stuff that wasn't varnished, and it it works just fine. The only the only reason I say caveat, and the only reason I did it is because it's the physical rubbing and pressure you put on the model to remove the stuff, right? Uh, so you could you could take your acrylic paint off if it's thin, and on say like a real sharp spot, um, a little easy, but it would just be because of the friction. It wouldn't be because of a, a chemical reaction. The, I see. Min- okay. the mineral spirits will do nothing to the acrylic underneath. The acrylic is on there. It's it's cured. It's it's done. Um, so it, it, as opposed to a contrast paint or a shade paint that's acrylic, if you whatever you use to take it off will also take your base coat off because they're the same acrylic product. I see. So what? What uh, what models have you used it on so far? Um, I I used it on a set of uh, Terminators. I did a, a Terminator command, a Deathwing command squad. Um, so I, I tried it on. I, ha- I always keep a couple little test models around, little pieces that I've painted over and over and over again. Uh, so that's that was my big moment, and I had painted. It was so scary, man, because I spent a lot of time painting them up. Uh, so they looked really good, but they're way too just, clean. They're way too clean. <laughs> oh, that was my chest pain. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, sometimes I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm a little scared to, to put a, a matte varnish on them because, yeah, I, I just because I've gotten the model painted to where I want, and now I'm just going to spray over the whole thing. What if I, mm-hmm. I mess this up and I've, I've literally just wasted. 30 hours, you know, I don't, I don't know how long I'm going to spend. It depends on the model, of course, but I may have spent just hours painting this thing only for, for that to happen. So, you know, interesting that, that you would, you would do that. I will tell you, if you don't want to go that route, it, it is, it is pretty flexible in that you could put a little in a container, take some mineral spirits and thin it out a little bit more like you would any other paint with uh, whatever, you know, reducer agent you have Mm -hmm. and instead take a fine brush and all you have to do is touch it to the panel line or the crevice that's in the model and the capillary action will just suck it right into uh, whatever deep crevice you touch. So it's, it's a whole different, you know, surface tension than the acrylic paint. Uh, Instead of trying to sit on top of acrylic paint, sitting on top of acrylic paint, this will just go zip and it will flow right in and you could just take a immediately take something and, and wipe off any boo-boos you made. So if you want to just panel line, it takes a little longer. Like maybe you have something like, uh, I don't know, Lee paints towel, right? Those are right. probably less grim, dark kind of, uh, figures, uh, maybe more clean aesthetic. Totally. You could individually panel line in no time. And it's super clean and super forgiving. So yeah. it is a little flexible that way. I'm, I'm wondering too, if this would be usable in, in certain pieces of terrain too. You know, if mm-hmm. you wanted to add some some uh, dark areas or even a, a splatter type of a, uh, a rust effect or a, oh, yeah. a, a soiled, you know, type of an area on a wall mm-hmm. or something like that would be really cool to, to add something 
to that to give it some age and some wear and tear. Because you're right. I mean, a lot of times we paint these things and they look so clean like they just stepped out of the shower. Mm-hmm. That's uh, right. So adding some dirt and grime to it makes it look a little more realistic. And I've, I've seen, I think these are the, the pictures that you put up on um, on Instagram with the, with the real. I mean, mm, they yeah, look really, right. really right. cool. Thanks, man. Well, I will I will say you would not want to put this over a rattle can base coat like a ah, fair enough because it'll it'll you know eat, eat through that because it's the same sort of solvent but yeah i Got appreciate it. the compliment i was very happy cool. i was happy i didn't ruin them <laughs> yeah. well it it looks really good so streaking grime uh yes. yeah i'd definitely if, you, if you're if you're looking for something to to grime up your models be on the lookout for that and um don't be afraid just just go all in on yep. it just go for it man well, thanks for the Hobby Corner tip, Steve. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. That's going to wrap our show for this episode of Bolters and Booze. Hope you enjoyed the content, and I hope you enjoyed your beer with your uh, metal mm-hmm. art on the front of it, Steve. Yeah. Um, my uh, my Prospero, my Marshboro Burns <laughs> cocktail. Excuse me, I got to get it right. Is gone, but uh, I'm gonna definitely gonna have to make some tweaks and modification to it, but. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and attention, Medicaid Steve. I am the War Boss, and we will see you next time on Dad Hammer. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, Dave.